0: Coming to you from our world-famous Turn It, Don't Burn It studios, Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, for helping with this show. We really appreciate it. And speaking of Painted Hills, we've got Will Homer. Here's my notes on you, by the way. Yes. Uh, From Painted Hills Natural Beef, CEO, COO, COB, and CEE. And I don't know what all those, but chief janitor (laughs) is one of
1: them. And computer expert. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you don't even want to go there. Did you know, I I shouldn't even say this, but did you know that Bill Gates gave my computers COVID? Gave yours COVID too. Yeah, he did. There was an update came this week and we use a network system and it destroyed our network printing. And when a computer doesn't print anymore, it goes to the blue screen of death. We haven't seen the blue screen of death since Windows 95. Right. I've got 12 computers going through the blue screen of death and I left that to come see you today. Well, you were smart.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You were very smart to do that.
1: Yeah, same
0: thing. I mean, um, we had some computer issues thanks to a foreign agent, so to speak, Uh, here in the the Salem Uh, Network. And it took a long time for him to go through everything and get the computers back up and get them rolling and then they wouldn't talk to each other yeah. and oh boy the oh, protocols yeah. were tough i guess i felt uh, sorry for the it guys oh. because they were really having to to work yeah and uh, i can only imagine knowing your office staff <laughs> <laughs>
1: ha 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 yeah the, that, the way
0: i do yeah that's um. Uh, something anyway so what's
1: going on in the beef business that we should know about oh my goodness what is going on today the prices are on fire beef is is high it's been high it's um in the retail stores in the grocery stores it went up last year when covid fever hit and right and they couldn't get beef to the store and it stayed high the retailer has been afraid of what happens tomorrow and not really sure and 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 I don't blame them you know nobody blames them and and so it has stayed high I, I think it's about 20% higher than it was as an average you know I just look at some great big numbers that they throw sure. out over the over the United States and I think it's the 20% higher and even the professionals are going wow we didn't think this would stick so that that's happening there's a, a limited supply in the fact that our capacity is is full, and the packers, the big packers that drive it, there's really only four, you know, and, and but they, uh, they're they working as hard and fast with the employees that they have and the staff they have, and they're working as hard and fast to fill that need because people are buying a lot of beef, and the price of beef is high because there's a big demand for beef, so... It's a it's a system that's running at full smokestack right yeah. now, and and it's hard to believe that, you know, and all we hear and this and that, and the other thing about bad this and bad that and what was me this and what was me that, but it's running at full steam trying to keep up with the demand.
0: Now, that's a little different than 12 months ago when you and I were talking and store shelves were cleaning out and the packing houses were shut down, a few of them because of COVID. Uh, you know, and they couldn't bring in new people because there just aren't that many people that have those skills. Yeah, to do yeah. that. Um, because I know I, you and I exchange photographs and stuff, and like going into a Safeway store and seeing the meat counter completely empty. Yeah, except maybe for a leftover Thanksgiving turkey from <laughs> you know 2019, still frozen. Those things will last forever. But right. My point is that supply chain issue, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today. Is that on better ground than it was a year ago? I mean, it would have to be to support the prices, but what could trip it up again real quickly?
1: I think that it it runs pretty hand-to-mouth in general. There's not a lot of storage space in a typical grocery store. I did some time- uh, some travels and restaurants in, uh, the beast coast one time. And, you know, they had trucks show up two or three times a day because they didn't have any refrigeration at all in the back room, sure. which is an extreme. But I think in most grocery stores, they don't buy stuff to put it on a counter in the back and let it sit for a week or two. They want it to turn and burn. So if you all of a sudden take the customer base and sent everybody in the same night to the store, Snowstorm coming to the right. northwest, so to speak. Oh, it's terror! It's just yeah, it's bumper to bumper carts and it's bumper to bumper cars, and it doesn't take but a split second to swoop everything out of the case. And so then that, and then in today's social media world, that hits Twitter or wherever, and it even gets bigger. Sure, right? It, it just becomes a bigger bomb. So
0: yeah, well, we saw we saw a great clinical trial, you might say, last year with that, not just with. Toilet paper, you and I were talking about that on the yeah. phone a couple days ago. You know, I I still never understand panic buying. I don't, because if you're kind of, if you've got a household with two or three or four people, you know, a couple of kids involved there, you would normally have some extra supplies. Right. You're not going to the grocery store every day unless it's for, you know, basics, milk
1: and bread and eggs or whatever. Well, I think you you and I are special in the fact that we didn't grow up within the 10 minutes of the store. Right. Thank God I didn't because I'd weigh 800 pounds because I, (laughs) when I went to college, I tried to catch up, you know, but, (laughs) but anyhow, you you know, we, it's nothing for us to go to the grocery store on my way home through the Dallas and buy $300 worth of groceries. and And the cashier says, are you having a party? And we're going, no, we're just filling the covered back up because that's the way we are. But I think there's a lot of people, but you don't do that every week. No, 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 no. Not every week. I prepare for weeks. But I think I, I got a lesson. Years ago, I went to San Francisco in another job I was doing, another mm-hmm. experiment we were doing. And and I got a, I, I found a Safeway on the peninsula in San Francisco. I thought a hallelujah moment. I found a real grocery store. But I happened to go in there at five o'clock at night. And everyone had a basket with tonight's dinner. And there were literally every cashier, it was 12 cashiers there. And every cashier had at least 10 or 12 people in line there were people sitting down in the with their tonight's dinner and i thought to myself my gosh do people not buy tomorrow night's dinner yeah. if i had to go here and wait they're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna spend more time in line than they are gonna eat the dinner that's in right. the basket and that, and that shocked me but that was an educational moment sure that a lot of people live sure. like that so when they so you take that kind of Purchasing, I purchased fish tonight, and I go to the store tomorrow, and I get beef, and I go to the next night, and I get pork, and and now I go into the store and I buy three pounds of hamburger because by golly, I heard they're going to be short. All of a sudden, the whole apple cart's upset, and and I think that's the the threat now for the person for you ask me, you ask me, what are we preparing for? I I don't think it's going to hit us. I don't think there's anything going to create a big wrinkle in that. The packing. In industry has has found ways to get their folks safely to work and take care of them, and and they're doing fine. But now we're starting to see the just sheer struggle with employees and employment follow through and such like that. That warehouses are starting to trip a little, and and these giant Amazon facilities that are heated and and air conditioned and right. and pay a lot of money, they're putting the stress on other historical legacy business that kind of takes effect on businesses that require on people to wear your, wear your uh, long johns right. in the middle of June to go to work, you right. know? So those kinds of things are, yeah, there might cause an issue or two. There might be some drag in the system a little.
0: Well, you know, you can go work for air warehouse X and get twelve fifty an hour or 14, whatever, yeah. you know? And then after you've been there 20 years, they bump you to 16. Yeah. You can go to work for somebody like Amazon, and all of a sudden, you're starting at seventeen fifty an hour. Yeah. And six months later, you're just under twenty bucks. Now those are fictitious
1: numbers. Yeah. But I think the ratios are probably pretty close. Yeah. Like that, and it makes it hard to keep people. It is. We but uh, we've gone through. We have people have to remember though. We've gone through a wage increase. I know in our world, not just in our business, but in people we work with and such, wages have just skyrocketed in the last six years. Just really right. took off. And, and so it's a good thing. People are getting paid a lot more. I think people are probably getting paid more than they know they are. I, I think, I think they're getting convinced with so much noise that, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm just not doing very well. And then when you really look at it, you go, oh wait, you know, you really are getting, uh, I know we got, for example, I, we own a feed yard yep. in Hermiston where the feed stuffs are. And now we have employees, there. great employees come to work, do a great job, get it all done. You know? Well, we went through that whole conversation. No, oh, minimum wage is this, and no, we're not getting that, and we get. And now I bet they get they get paid like seventy percent more than they did back then. I mean, it's right. a big jump. These are big jumps that everybody's gone
0: through. So, well, but, the one thing I think too is it, it, it's kind of unfortunate because you and I are both in the same world. You know, it started out and it's still basically built that a job at a fast food restaurant. Is not supposed to be able to support a family of four. Right now, there are cases where that's had to happen, but they're usually entry-level jobs.
1: Yeah. When yeah. my kids were born, and I, I, oh, wow, and I think about how we didn't bring the kids up on the ranch and work them on the ranch and do the things on the ranch. There was kind of a moment in time there where you, you know, ranching and minimum wage was eight, nine, ten bucks a, an hour, and you couldn't let a kid under eighteen drive a tractor, and there's all these things that, that kind of. You know, at one time, my dad says, well, if I had to pay $10 an hour to get some decent work, I shouldn't have to be putting things back together all the time. Because you know how a kid learns on a ranch. You know how it is. You know, you run the cows through the fence or you break a tractor and a wheel falls off. You learn. You learn. That's right. You learn the hard way, but you learn. And the point is everybody's got to be safe through the process, but you will learn and in today's world with all the regulations and the stack and the this and the that and everything else sometimes those better paying jobs are going to look at somebody at the restaurant and say you know what I I can't help you I'm not going to you're not going to make that jump from 12 to 18 cuz I'm going to have to teach you to get to 18 and they and they're not willing to do that but right. You know, I, I am going to say just because I don't, I don't know that anybody from my business listens to this thing, but, but I, they should. But anyhow, I, the staff we got in our, our little neck of the woods, you know, we're really we're we're condensed there. We've got but we got the best people that we have been able to train. And I look at some of their wages and I go, wow, we, we're doing pretty being able, doing pretty good to be able to pay them and hire them and keep them there, and they're learning and they're doing their thing. It's been really great.
0: Absolutely, we're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. Will and I will be back after this. You're listening to The Nation here on the Sun Radio Network. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. If you would like to contact us at Barbecue Nation, send money. Um, you can email us at info at cowboycook.com, or you can also do uh, barbecue, BBQ at Salem, p-d-x.com. Either one, just to confuse you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, which is cowcook57. Of course, we've got Facebook and Instagram and this and that. And I was told, you know, oh, we're with Will Homer today from Painter Hills Natural Beef. Uh, but I was told something, and I'm not a huge tech guy, but my buddy Eric told me that now with the Apple, iTunes, you you have to tell people if they're following your shows or stuff, not to subscribe, but to follow. Because if you follow, there's no money involved. In it, they Apple made a change, and I'm not sure exactly what that is. Some some listener out there, I'm sure, will be correcting me.
1: Yeah, but I don't totally understand them. I try to use them, but I can't. Yeah, I
0: don't know either. Hell, but um, anyway, there's but there's always the changes that's what we face today, and I think that's one of the reasons you know we were talking in the first segment. It's like when you go to the store and buy $300 worth of groceries in the Dallas before you head home you know, like that. And we did the same thing when yeah. we had the ranch because we always had extra mouths to feed there and stuff like that. So a $300 built grocery store was not a big deal. Nope. But we didn't go every day. Oh, no. No, you no. You know, and you kind of planned out different things like maybe not the particular day, but we'll have spaghetti once. We'll have some trout one night. We'll have some Painted Hill steaks one night. Whatever it is, we kind of do that like that. Sure. But people have gotten away from that. Oh, yeah. Because you look at Oh, and this ties in with the technology. Call DoorDash. Yeah. Call Uber. Call oh somebody who will bring you your food oh my for goodness. a price. Yeah. But they'll bring you your food. Yeah. And I think that's that's to my other theory about what causes these shortages and stuff, because when those things were limited, those things were what do I want to say, backed up a little bit last year during COVID, you know, I think people panicked. And it's like, They'd almost forgotten that you you do have a refrigerator and a small freezer space there. And if you got some
1: canned goods, you'll probably make it for a while. Yeah, well, they didn't have freezers, and that's why freezers all sold out, like yeah. the beef counter. They yeah. sold out for quite a while, too. So. Yeah,
0: well, you know, that was yeah. the old thing of growing up on the ranch. We had a big chest freezer. Yeah. We had an upright freezer. Yeah. We had an extra refrigerator. Usually they're the ones that they replaced inside the house yes. and went to live out on the porch or something, yep. you know, like That's that. That's right. But they still worked, and we still put, you know, if we the got a half a The and the oxtails we, and yeah. all
1: that stuff fell into the bottom. We yep. never knew what to do with them.
0: Yeah, well, and then when you cleaned them out, when they finally died and you cleaned them out, you go,
1: oh,
0: here's some clams from 1964. Yeah. We'll- <laughs> That's right. That's we're, we're not going to do that. How, you talked about supply and demand. But have things changed in the actual production side?
1: On the big, ranch, the on the dirt. On the
0: ranch, in the dirt.
1: No, we are. Yeah, no, but they're kind of in a transition. They're gonna change. We we are in a. We went through 2019 where the industry had recovered from a shortage of cattle. Right. You know the the shortage being back in 2010, 11, 12. I believe it was there was a drought in the Midwest. Uh, really knocked the supply down. We went through some high price cattle, huge high prices in 14, 15, and then the market corrected from that. And and so now nineteen and twenty together and now even into twenty one, the cattlemen are really getting clobbered. And so they've they've they haven't overproduced. They're pre they're producing uh they're producing a fair amount of cattle. It's not overproducing by any great means. We are making them bigger and getting more beef on the shelf with the right. way we're doing it. Right. But the the packing capacity is limited. And so with that COVID response we had where they all shut down and we created a wave of cattle in front of us, we're still dealing with that today. There's a lot of talking tra- talking heads and traders that don't want to believe it's there, but it's still there. And and it's and so uh, there's a the packers have paid a consistent price all year long for cattle kind of a it was a, earlier in the summer. It was a, I called it a charity price, but it's a good fair price. It's fine. And and but yet it is leaving a lot of cattlemen scratching their heads and 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 hurting, so to speak. But. You got to understand a cat, a rancher is a little different than most. They have, they have options. They have opportunities. They have a herd of cattle they're working with. They can do different things to make sure they get grits and gravy on the table. Right. So they may not sell their key core bunch of cattle and there are calves that they produce and keep the scragglers and keep the finest heifers they want and keep the herd the same size or slightly bigger and still make the truck payment. But they can sell all the cattle, including the scragglers and a few extra heifers and maybe a handful more cows than they expected and still make the truck payment. So it's just a matter of it's just a matter. They've got all kinds of avenues they can do. You remember all that. So so they're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to come out of this. But they're they're pretty black and blue right now. They're pretty sore because they just been clobbered for a long time. So I keep thinking that we're going to come out of this and there's going to be we've gone through high priced beef and the packing capacity is limited. I don't see anybody willing to pour concrete and build new packing. There's a little bit growing, but we're talking about they say that. You know, we harvest six hundred fifty thousand head of cattle a week in this country, right. and the packing capacity is going to grow by twelve hundred a a a day, which is what fifty thousand a week or something. Like 7, Five thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah seventy-two hundred, yeah, right. It's not, it's not that much. So, anyway. I'm, I'm babbling on here, but the point is that the cattle will correct and everything will correct, and then the prices are going to spike again. And I don't know; it's 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 always it's up and down. It's just always up and down, up and down.
0: Well, you know that. Unfortunately, the ranchers have a stigmatism about them. Yeah, is they're always complaining about something. Well, now, that's yeah. not always true, but <laughs> I mean, it's like the price is too high, the fuel went up, you yeah, know, whatever, yeah, and all those factors in. And, and I actually had somebody ask me, and I, I haven't told you this, but last year after one of our interviews, a guy called me, I know, he said, I was listening to your show. Yeah, great. He goes, those ranchers ever happy?
1: No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not. Yeah, they were. When they were getting $4 a pound for their 400-pound for their calves, they didn't know what to do with the money. Now, the packing industry was taking a beating right then, and they closed two or three plants back then. Right now, those two or three plants that come in off of handy right now, wouldn't they? Yeah. But you can't just turn those on with a switch. Those are those are gone. Most of those are too close to a city. They tore them down to build condos. You know, I mean, those are the kinds of actions that happen. But that is yeah, there there is there was that short period of time where they were happy, but they knew half of them knew that that was not right. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to take another break.
0: Will Homer and I will be back here on Barbecue Nation right after this. Please stay with us. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast Around the House with Eric G where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Network. I'm JT, and we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef just like your grandpa used to raise, and that was because it was the way nature was intended. How's that? I got both of them in there.
1: Yeah, you did. I got both of them in there. Good for you.
0: Yeah, and Gunter Wilhelm knives uh, for quality and efficiency at a reasonable price for really a high-end knife. Check out GunterWilhelm.com. Will Homer, CEO, COO, CBOD, DBD, whatever you are over there,
1: what are you over there? I'm the chief operating officer, I guess. I mean, I do operations. I do. I manage pricing. I manage. I manage my father. <laughs> That's full time <laughs> job. I know your father. That's full time job. <laughs> he he manages cattle. He makes sure there's procurement and cattle are lined up in front of us, and then I take from there and project out what we're going to harvest each week and, and, and we, I have help great help in the office. We break that down. We work with our Tyson fresh meats relationship there where they break those cattle down. And, and uh, uh, then we, and then from there, the staff takes it over and it goes to warehouses scattered all over the United States and sales all over the place. So. How do you decide what
0: cattle, well, you, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna harvest. Yes. So we don't offend people. Yes. You know, seven hundred cattle this week. Yes. All right. Yes. But you have two thousand to choose from. Yes. And they're all—they've all been in the the feed yard just
1: within a week of each other. No, they come at different times. You stage them. You stage them and stagger them, and and you guess that these cattle are going to gain about two and a half pounds a day. Yep. So you want cattle to go in at different staggered steps. And my dad talks in a different language than all of us, and it is—I know that too. But it is—he talks in eight weights. And so he may buy calves that weigh from 550 pounds to 950 pounds, but he manages them as eight weights and knows that those cattle will be on feed for four months as an eight weight, and then he will in when his you say eight weight, 800 pounds, right? 850 pounds. That used to be the numbers. Everything right. used the numbers used to be that you took an 850 pound steer and you fed it for three months and turned it into a 1200 pound steer and out the door it went. And today. There's all kinds of things going on, but most cattle are leaving uh, weighing fifteen, sixteen hundred 1,600 pounds. Most of that's from what I told you earlier, right. us being behind to be right. cattle. Right, But at the same time, uh, he can manage, you know, we, we may take a 550-pound calf and turn it out on pasture in Moses Lake or turn it out in pasture. My, my younger son is building fence today because we rented some pasture there near us where we'll turn some calves out, and they'll spend... The two or three months that we'll have green grass on this ground and water, hopefully, if it rains and they will they will eat that grass. They'll 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 live out there on their own. We'll go out there and say hi once in a while. And then they'll weigh about 750 pounds come the first of July and they'll go to the feed yard and they'll fit that slot that comes August, September, October, November. They'll come, you know, November. And so. So that's how that works, and then but then cattle move, you know, hopscotch each other. You'll have cattle timed hopscotch here, there. Uh, you look at them. You just look at them. Yeah. yeah. You just look out in the pasture, and you know that you don't go pick seven out of this pin and three out of that pin and 12 out of that pin, but you got this pin that's almost ready and this pin that's almost ready and this pin over here that's supposed to be ready, and you look at them, and you look for a great big wide brisket. And it's funny, we're talking on the on the barbecue channel. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. So you're looking for a great big wide brisket. And when that steer or that heifer starts to grow that brisket nice and square across the front, it's time. So you look out in that pin and you don't see any briskets. Now we're going to go down. Wow, oh, look at this one. Now these are all squared up. This pin's going to go. And that one down there, will pick the rest of what Will needs to go out of that pin. And it has to do with trucking yep. because most cattle get on a truck. And so you can only haul 40,000 pounds, right? So shoot, they got enough room to play pool in there when you put a bunch of 1,800 pounders on a truck. Sure. But you got to fit the truck numbers and you got to do all that stuff. So it's there's a, a lot to that.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that's a lot of detail for people that don't know what happens. I think a lot of people image that, You know, they're out up knee-high green grass and frolicking and this and that. And then the cowboy comes in with his big, flat, wide brim, which not everybody wears.
1: (laughs) And uh, (laughs) another pet peeve of mine, but that's (laughs) a different story.
0: (laughs) Go ahead.
1: My, oh I was just gonna say you bring up the hat thing so my dad used to wear a straw hat we, we came to this country from California when I was a kid I shouldn't say that out loud but anyway when I was young and, and they went out to the Steens Mountains and it was big, beautiful over Kiger Gorge and the wind went poof, and that straw hat was gone yep. and he became an Oregon cowboy at that time we all wear a ball cap because yep. <laughs> we spent a lot less time chasing it down yep yep. I know the drill I, I know the drill <laughs>
0: that's why i always wear a ball cap when i you know when we we haven't done them for a while but when i come do events for you guys yeah. over there you know always had the hat on yeah. like that yeah. as soon as the event was over the ball cap went back on yeah not because i didn't like the cowboy hat
1: i wanted to keep it yeah yeah you know yeah i didn't want it in the in the two-year-olds over absolutely here. <laughs> i love my hat but man you're right you gotta chase it down you gotta yeah exactly
0: yeah so um But like I was saying, I think that's a lot more information because people have this vision of that. The cowboys come in and they're driving the herd up here from, you know, they watch too many movies. We're going to take them up to the summer pasture, high in the mountains, Ah. and we're going to do this. and We're going to do that.
1: Some people do that. Well, actually, our grass-fed program's a, a little bit like that. Yeah. You know, we're we're selecting our grass-fed cattle, our our older cattle that come out of that ranch. Remember what I just told you about that ranch example where you have these open heifers and these cattle that right. didn't go to sale? Well, they're going to sale all the time, and we're picking on those from our producer partners, and, and we're putting those together. But we got to bring those together and hold them so that when that truck has to go once a week, it can be full because you can't wait have a truck standing around waiting well we think we can find the last one out behind the sagebrush up the other draw yeah but but that's so that's kind yeah. of how that works but the but the grass-fed beef gets kind of random because we do that and that's okay that's I think in well, in my heart pro yeah in my heart of hearts th- that I'm doing the right thing there so it's different. And it's all different, but I just wanted to include that because we were talking about feed yards and feed yard cattle and stuff, and I wanted people who eat our Painted Hills grass-fed to go, wait a minute, what's going on? There's two distinct things. That's all I wanted to say. No, absolutely. I do, do, you know, we've talked about it before. It
0: just makes me always kind of smirk when they say, it's grass-fed beef.
1: All beef eats grass. Well, it is. uh, Yeah, because a cow (laughs) farms the ground you can't get a tractor on. That's exactly right. But, you know, I, I, I
0: support veganism. Yeah. Because cows eat the grass, I eat the cows. <laughs> so, you know, I do it that way. So it works fine for me. But, um, yeah, I just think people have a different image. And then most yeah. of them don't understand, you know. we And a lot of people can't even, and it, it's not picking on them. They can't take the time to kind of
1: understand this well, stuff. Well, it's big. They're,
0: it's big, and they're just being inundated Ugh,
1: with rap all stuff. day long. The wrong stuff. They're yeah. getting inundated with methane. What the? It has nothing to do with nothing. Cows right. don't methane enough for any of us. We mm. do more methane than they do, right? Yeah. So that they get inundated with that and forget what the real story. Don't get to know the real story. And the real story is complicated, just like we went over with right. just that little bitty segment of making sure we got the right steers in the harvest right. day. Right, right. It's huge. It's yeah. a huge part of our business. And that's just a little bitty. Thank God, Dad does it because we, we got other stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> what was
0: the meme I saw the other day? <laughs> Two thousand and twenty cattle farts didn't kill anybody, but you know, and yeah, there was some analogy there uh, to something else, uh, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, and then the guys, the guys that always went to, bu- you know, replace the cattle with the buffalo. Oh no,
1: because. They yeah. pass gas, too. Oh. You know? There's no way. I, I look at some of that. I listen to some of that, and I look at land and pasture and grazing and ground and cows, and I I I, I would have to be there to believe some of these things they tell us about the past through 30, 30,000 head ran. I think that got exaggerated a little over the last yep. 200 years.
0: Yeah. Well, at one point, there was over 12 million buffalo on the plains. Uh, there was no more planes if you put 12 million <laughs> buffalo on there. I'm just telling you, had a little experience with these things. I, and I'm just telling you that I'm, 12 million
1: buffalo could do one hell of a lot of damage. Uh, well, if the I don't, if the planes were from Alaska to the Panama Canal, and uh, I don't know. I don't, Anyhow, I'm outside was, my league. I now, don't. Want, that I don't. was the first.
0: That was, if that's true, that was the first NAFTA highway from the su- summer grazing to well,
1: to winter grazing yeah. like that. You know, yeah, they went up be. and down
0: there. Anyway, we we could got be. a little off track. Yeah, here. we did. So I'm um, sorry about that, folks. But it's <laughs> you're seeing my true inner self coming out of we're here. What we're, we're supposed to entertain? I hope we're entertaining. We're entertaining uh, as hell. <laughs> we're entertaining each other. I can tell you that. Um, how much advice do you get
1: from people that you don't seek? not a lot i don't tune into too much of that i I don't get too much crazy advice um i do have a thought though i want to share with you you, yeah if you you think about it as we think about barbecue and we think about the consumer today and one thing that's gone on with the consumer and the their uh, newfound demand for beef is they they want to buy fat they want to buy. They're after prime beef and right. wagyu and these high, higher quality, high end, higher, higher, higher quality. Just be warned that as we get out of this bubble of cattle and we get caught back up with them, and right now I mentioned they were eighteen hundred pounds. We we won't ever go back to twelve hundred pounders. I don't think, but. Corn is expensive now. Corn's gone up, right? The commodity right. price has right. gone through the roof. And so cattle will begin to stop being fed so big and they will and prime beef will not go away, but it'll get harder to get. And in a demand high demand market like we are, and harder to get, that beef price, that price is gonna go up. And I expect to start seeing that go up in May as as we get. It always up goes up before cattle. Christmas, even though they say it yeah. doesn't. But yeah, but prime beef is going to get, it's going to get expensive. Because it got two years ago, two years ago, I think we were talking, you and I talking, and that's when they introduced, I think, Sam's Club to it or something. And it put right. a huge spike in demand and a huge run up in the price. And now we've got all those groups and more on prime. And it's going to get limited in supply. It's going to get tougher. So
0: we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back wrap up the show here on Barbecue Nation with Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Uh, you can check out our website. You can send me a message through it. Just go to barbecuenationjt dot com, and there we are. And um,
1: you also see a picture of Will on that website. Oh my there. goodness! Yeah, the one with the hoodie. No, or the, the skull cap, or the whatever I was wearing. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, it was with your swimsuit with suspender. Oh, good, yeah, good. good. That's, that's a good look. On you. Oh, good. It really is. Uh, coming up an hour two this week, we've got Stephen Reichlin and Will is going to stick around for the after hour, so that's all good. From the time your dad kind of founded with his ranching buddies up there, I'll just put it that way, Hills. what's changed in the business? I mean, and we've only got a six-minute segment here, so but uh, actually eight, but what has changed? I would think one of the things that's changed is the regulations in the food world. Um, Even though the ranchers don't actually deal with that all the time, but the regulations as far as the, you know, the packing houses and the food, cold food storage and that type of thing, but other things environmental things uh, all kinds of things have changed <sighs> I'm sure
1: yeah, oh my god that's huge, yeah. but you know cattle size has changed obviously like I mentioned earlier, we went from a 1200 pound steer as a common thing to 1, 14, 1500 right. pound steer, so boxes got bigger, pieces got bigger um uh, ranching side has changed a couple ways but that flows with politics and so we have a forest service permit so we turn cattle out on a forest service and, and yes it is it is cost effective dollars to cents but time and labor involved overwhelms that the the forest service wants you to jump through 10,000 hoops right. if it's a if it's a If it's a democratic uh, climate control, climate awareness program, it's huge jumps, leaps and bounds. If it's uh, somebody worried about, considered more about uh, letting the government let you do your own business, we don't hear a word from them. And so it's been four years of pretty good. Nobody's abusing anything, but they already stole half of our permit in the years where it was pretty tough. So we have half as many cattle we paid for up there. We have to take, you can't find them when you're done. And now we're going back into another situation like we had I'm not sure if I'm not sure we come out of it alive with this deal with the with the Forest Service, but anyhow, that's that's that little aspect on the ground um, on the in the program itself. The one good thing about natural beef, as we do it, no hormones, no antibiotics. We made up the rules, the attributes ourselves, and so natural beef. Again, I've said this before. I know, but it doesn't mean anything. It mean what it what it officially means is minimally processed, which means that. The deer you hunt is minimally processed. The roadkill you got to pick up last week was minimally processed. You saw that. Everything's, <laughs> min- everything's minimally processed. So that's, na- that's natural as it's categorized. Right. But the no hormones, no antibiotics. The thing, The rules we create within ourselves are rules we create within ourselves. Now, we, those are the same. We've done them. We, we did... Year, 100 years ago, we allowed antibiotics at the calf level was uh 400 days from harvest. It was it was fine. We've changed that since we took that totally out because the consumer became more aware with the internet, right? (laughs) We didn't have the internet when we started. Oh, that reminds me. So, so, (laughs) so I think that that that, but the good thing about the government in their in their regulation and their oversight, they they look at all our uh our labeling for hot dogs and all those things and make sure there's oversight to make sure we're doing what we're doing, but they're not in the business of putting anybody out of business. So I may look across the street and see somebody who's has natural beef that doesn't have any attributes to go with it. And a customer who buys beef in a bigger scale might look at that and say, well, that's natural too. And we go, no, that's not. But We're not going to argue about that, but anyhow, the 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 government's not going to step in and say, "Well, that person's not doing it right. We're taking them out. We're making them get out of business." So, so that's that that is one thing from that side that didn't really matter much. Now, I've forgotten you. Let me forget what it is I was going to tell you. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) we can do that in after hours.
1: Yeah, we can do that in
0: after. hours. You obviously meant federal government.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Because state government is. Ours is not.
1: We don't deal with state government for labeling and things yeah, like this. Federal, yeah. because we work with the United the United States Department of Agriculture, right. USDA, Food Safety Inspection Service, FSIS. They manage labeling, so they're the ones that oversight labeling. They oversight as well grading and safety at the plant. It's all tied to beef. It's right. all. Uh, it's I don't. You know what? I'm going to be way outside my league here again, but for some reason. Beef and chicken and pork are not under the FDA food and drug, but fish, I think is, or seafood or something. So it's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird gig. It's not a food FDA regulated. It's USDA regulated because I just look at it and say it's a commodity. See,
0: I think that happened back in the 1800s and early 1900s when they had the big, the big stockyards packing houses in Chicago. Yeah. And that was a way to get some money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because if you think about it, we didn't package beef we didn't have oh label no labels back to but you had inspectors oh
1: no, yeah that was amazing well you know i never read that book and i really need to read that book but it's the jungle the jungle book or yeah. the jungle whatever it is anyway but um y- what i didn't realize when i started working with painted hills in nine in 2004 and i as we've evolved and I've learned more about what the magic they do at, at the packing house at, 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 Pay, at Tyson there, we are not as far from that Chicago than I thought we were. Yeah, We are not as far from half carcasses rolling into the back of a grocery store and a butcher cutting them up than I, th- thought, we, I thought we were miles from that, and that wasn't as far back there as you think. But we're headed towards steaks coming out of a box, coming out of a building and laying in the counter. Walmart taught us that years ago and people are starting to get used to that and so that we're getting more and more that way due to labor but that's the evolution well even when i was a kid which
0: was for me a long time ago but for in time relative time it's not that long ago Uh but when my mom worked in the grocery store and the butcher there you know he would get probably four Whole carcasses, but they were split yeah. already. But you'd go yeah. back in the, and he had a hanging cooler, you know, and he'd also have the boxes of chicken and whatever there, but the, they would be for all on a roller and a big hook. Yeah. And they'd roll them out and he'd cut them up right there, usually like Monday and Wednesday mornings type thing, maybe Friday. I don't know his old schedule, but anyway, he would trim them. He would, he would do all that. And he, and his name was Kenny and he was real smart because he always put, The fat side of the, or the top of the carcass, yeah, with the roller stamp on it, yeah, out so the people could see it, yeah, when he was working on it, yeah, so they knew it was certified, yeah, and and graded, okay, and that's, that's the way they did it. And there was always big boxes of bones, yeah, and everybody had really happy dogs around Uh, there, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. lots of ones. So, um, that was the way I remember doing it in the, the beef in a box, so to speak, is relatively new Yeah. Uh, in comparison to the way we did things for 150 years or yeah. whatever. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another edition of Barbecue Nation, and don't forget, you can check out my golf show, too, called Grilling at the Green. Uh, that's on all the same platforms, and it's got its own website, grillingatthegreen.net. Till then, Will, thank you for being with us. You bet. Driving, I always have fun. Driving all the way over here from beautiful downtown Fossil. And uh, we're going to... Uh, we're gonna get out of here. For those that carry the second hour, that's with Stephen Reichlin's coming right up. So um, if not, we'll see you next week. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSV LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.